have faith in God is not a stagnant state. It's a journey. As a believer, we should grow in our knowledge of God and His Word. Walk with Alan Cutting and many other believers as together we walk the believer's journey. Aloha, and welcome to the believer's journey. It's so nice, and I'm so glad that you've come to join us again on this uh, show. And today is going to be quite a bit different than any other show we've done from the studio. And that's number one is because I'm here by myself and I've chosen to be here by myself because some some things that have really are heavy on my heart that I really want to share with you in the areas of lifestyle, the areas of living in Jesus, especially when it comes to what's happening in our world today. Um, living for truth, seeing the deceptions around our country, or around our world in all over areas. So I wanted to bring that out and talk about it uh, more on a one-to-one basis from me to you. And, and of course, if I um, have any comments from my producer or, or questions, um, he will jump in. So there'll just be myself. Before I start, uh, I want to talk about, you know, sponsors. I am looking for sponsors for my show. And uh, it's not a it's not a big you know burden uh, burdensome situation I'm looking for. But uh, we had a couple of our um, sponsors. One sold their business and so forth. And so if you'd like to be a sponsor, I appreciate it if you can go to my website. My website is www.thebelieversjourney.net, and you'll find our email, and you can email us from there. And uh, and I'll be. Somebody will be be glad to respond to you, and it would really help our show. Our show, we're based uh, every other week when we do it from the uh, studios, that uh, they say uh, airtime is not free. Is that what they – I think they tell me that. So basically – but it's not that expensive, so it's not really a a burdensome problem. I do want to tell you that I appreciate my sponsors. Uh, you'll see their names and their uh, logos flash on the screen every so often. And today, um, when I'm going to talk about living in truth or living in today's world in the truth, um, it, it's something that's really burdened me a lot. I love having guests on my shows. I love having people ask me questions and uh, I love people, you know, writing in or on my show and, and be able to answer uh, questions or see the comments. And, and that's really what I'm all about. Today, you'll see something very different about me. I am I am a very fun-loving person. And I like to joke around, kid around, goof around. And you've seen some of that on my shows. However, today I'm going to be a little more serious because of the serious nature of what I'm seeing. And, and we'll go from there. <clears throat> anyway... Um, so thank you again for joining and I'm so glad you, I have you as an audience and I really appreciate everybody who, uh, comes in and watches the show. Okay. So I want to read a scripture. It's in first Timothy uh, chapter two, verse 15. And this is what it says. Do your best to present yourselves to God as one approved. A worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So what I'm concerned about is looking at our world today. We have, um, we have entered into what I believe the end times. Uh, I mean, some people will say we've entered the end times at the time of Jesus. But 
Um, there's a time frame here that I'm looking at that started when Israel became a nation in 1948. And um, there's scripture that says that, that Israel, uh, that it will happen in one day. And it did in one day. And then there's other scriptures that talk about how the Jews were scattered and how they're going to come back from the four corners of the earth back to Israel, which has been happening. And so these are scriptures that talk about the end times. And Jesus said that, you know, when you see these things within that generation, he's, you know, that generation won't pass away and he will return. So I want to talk about the fact that we're living in a, in a day and an age where I believe, you know, we have a generation that's counting down. If that is really true, we're looking at from 1948, um, you know, a generation. We don't know what a generation is in re- reality. It could be 70 years, 72 years, 80 years, 100, 120 years. We really don't know. But what we do know is that we're seeing signs of the end times. Now, one of the problems is we are um, continually being told that the end times, nobody knows the date or hour. So what we have are people who ignore it and um, they don't pay attention. We've all heard it before. I lived in Los Angeles when in 1971 when the earthquake happened and all of a sudden the churches tripled in size. And because, oh, Jesus is coming back. And so we had a lot of people... Um, who basically, you know, felt Jesus was coming. Well, that kind of went, and it, and it passed. And then other things happened, and it came and passed. And so people now have become numb to the idea that they we're in the end times, and so don't watch for it. But Jesus said something in Matthew 24, and I want to read this to you. Matthew 24, verses 36 to 39. And this is what he said. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, But my father only. But as of the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark and did not know the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, I was taught years ago what that represented was there was a lot of evil and sin in the world. And so when there's a lot of evil and sin in the world, that's when Jesus is going to come back. And that's we'll know what the time of Noah was. But really, when you read this, it says, you know, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving to marriage. What that basically represents is people were living life as if nothing was going on. They weren't looking. They weren't seeking. They weren't paying attention to the end days. And I think we need to watch and seek and be aware and see what's going on. So it's a fallacy and it's not a good teaching to hear things like, oh, well, you know, nobody knows the day or hour, so why worry about it? That's not what the scripture teaches. Jesus teaches that we need to be aware. Jesus teaches and the Bible teaches that we need to keep a lookout and watch for the times and the signs of the times. So it's important that we as believers keep our antennas up, if you will, okay? He also says something else in in chapter 24, verses 10 through 13, and it's a little bit before this one, but this is very important, and this is going to get to the area I want to talk about. And Jesus says, And then many will fall away and betray me, 
I'm sorry, and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. And But the one who endures to the end will be saved. This is where I'm having a problem. I, In the last several years, maybe a decade now or almost or a little more, I've been watching the temperature of our nation and the temperature of other nations politically. And the problem I'm seeing is that we're finding, I'm finding more and more and more people who are in the church or call themselves Christians or call themselves believers have become more and more cold, more hateful to people who believe and think differently than them or follow a different political leader than they do. So you have people who call themselves believers, who say they're in the church, acting cold, acting hateful, acting, you know, bitter, angry, and treating other people, you know, as if they're, you know, they're of the hated group. And this is falling right in line with the very scripture and the very words that Jesus is saying as a prophecy. Okay, so here we are in a day and age where I'm watching people in the church that are divided in the church, not because of doctrine, not because of the teaching, but because of things in the world. And they're following the things in the world. They're following the political leaders of the world, and they're becoming more uh, directed that way. Uh, one of the other problems I'm seeing in our churches, and this has happened uh, for many years now, is is the teaching within the church. Um Prosperity teaching. I mean, that's a terrible teaching. You know, ask God for what you want. He's going to give it to you. If he doesn't give it to you, you're in sin. I mean, come on. The Bible doesn't teach this. We need to really look at the Bible at what it says, at what it teaches. And we need to follow and be true to the text. We need to be careful of those who are teaching things by their interpretation and not by the very strict rule of the, of the word itself. And I think what's happening is that we are going astray as a people because we're not reading our scripture. We're not reading the word and noticing what is absolute, what are what are things that are interpretative, and we're listening to people teach things that are distorting truth. In my teaching, and I'm not talking about here in on this video or any of the teachings I do with you, but any and all of my teaching that I ever do. One of the most primary fundamental things that I always say is anything that I teach, anything that I say while I'm teaching, you need to look up in the scripture and make sure that what I'm teaching is absolute truth. Now, we could take words in the English and capitalize on those, and but we need to understand that some of those words that we see in the English, and it doesn't matter if it's in Spanish or Romanian or Russian Okay, uh, Philippine, Filipinos, it doesn't matter what language it's in. We need to be careful and look up the actual uh, scripture from what the text is written, which in the New Testament is primarily Greek, and in the Old Testament it is Hebrew. So if we understand this, we need to look at some things and, and pull out uh, the actual meanings. One of the things that I've always said is one of the very cornerstones of Christianity, of all believers, is the word that we see in our languages, the word believe. 
And like I said, it doesn't matter if it's in Russian or Romanian or Spanish or English or whatever. That word believe, as it's been translated from the original text, the original text in in the uh, Greek is pistuo, okay? And the word pistuo uh, is an active verb. The word believe is a passive verb. We need to understand that. And there's a very big difference of what the word pistuo actually literally means and what the word believe means. The word believe, if you look up in your dictionary, and I, I urge you to do so, literally means something that we understand to be true. That's passive. And if you think that I understand God to be true, therefore I'm a believer, that's not what the Greek word pistuo means. The Greek word pistuo is an active verb. It means that you follow the teachings that are being revealed to you. You follow the teachings of the Word. You follow the teachings of God. You follow the teachings of Jesus. And if you're following those teachings and you're living out those teachings actively, you are truly a believer. Now, that divided is very, very important we understand this. Unfortunately, we don't have uh, a lot of people who know Greek or have the access to that those languages to really help. But we really need to understand there are areas that we need to look up. And when you find disconnects in the scripture, most likely those disconnects are because somewhere in the translation or somewhere in the teaching or somewhere in the uh, interpretation, we have a problem in what's being revealed to us opposed to what has been written originally. So if we can look that up and find that or find somebody to help, you know, and I'd be glad to help anybody who has uh, situations where they need to look up something because it doesn't sound right to them, write me. I'll be glad to answer those questions and talk to you or, or write you back. So it's important that we look at today. And I've been on Facebook quite a while. Um and I've watched people respond. There are people that I've known for decades that I consider good people, people who call themselves Christians, people who are going to church and regularly and, and go to studies and, and so forth, and, and I consider them Christians. However, I've watched these same people in the last several years when somebody's on their Facebook or writes something and they get on, they start to ridicule them. They start to harass them. They start to tell them how awful they are or how terrible they are, and they treat them with hate. Well, that's a real problem when it comes to a believer of God because God does not teach us to hate one another. He teaches us to love one another, and the, the Bible is really clear about this. The Scripture, it's black and white. It's, there's not even a gray area here. It's, it's black and white. So I think it's important that we understand this, and we need to understand where our problem is when we're looking at the world. Are we really listening to these self-acclaimed prophets or prophetesses who are claiming things uh, politically for their own personal and financial gain? Are we following people who actually are teaching us on a spiritual level? See, we have a problem right now that people are following a worldly belief system, a worldly political system, if you want, will, if a way that, that's going that's going to promote uh, our lives and what we think is good or bad, you know, and yet we're denying and we're turning away from what is spiritual. And our whole fight is a spiritual fight. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, steal, kill, and destroy. I have come 
that they may have life and have it to the full. Okay? So the question is, how do you have life? Well, you, have, you must go through the gate. That's what Jesus says. You must go through the gate and follow the direction of the shepherd. Now, who is the gate? Jesus said he was the gate. Who is the shepherd? Jesus said he is the shepherd. And Jesus also said, you cannot enter through the gate unless you enter through him, the shepherd. Well, what does that mean to enter through him? See, one of the problems we're having in this deception in the church is our teachings that are leading us to astray from the actual word itself. Uh, For example, there's a teaching that God is love and the essence of God is love. And that's just basically the bottom line, and that is it through and through. Well, yes, I agree God is love, but that is not the essence of what God is, and that is not the complete story. And if that's all we teach, we're having a problem in our interpretation of Scripture. For example, God is holy. He says he is holy. So if you're going to tell me that God is love and he's not holy, well, then we have a problem because the Scripture says differently. And we have to follow the idea that God is holy. And what is love? Love comes from holiness. Love is perfect because it comes from holiness. And we have other situations of his character that come from holiness. And we're going to read that. And we're going to talk about that more at length in a little bit. So I believe we need to realize that we need to follow the teachings of Jesus, period. The Bible teaches that through and through. Jesus talked about it over and over again. You know, the, the epistles talk about it over and over again. If we're not following the teachings of Jesus, then how can we say that we are his? How can we say that we have salvation? How can we say that, that we have anything to do with him at all? I mean, just because we want to profess the name verbally but not live it, there's a real problem in that in our in our uh, understanding of what the Word really is saying. The Word basically teaches that we need to live a life. I talked about this last week uh, from Romans 12, 1 and 2, that we need to be uh, not conformed to the world, but transformed, okay, by by our minds to to Him. We need to live for Him. We need to become like Him. Uh, These are basic teachings that are all through the Scripture. And I don't want to. I don't want to deviate from that, or or in my teaching. I really believe that all teachers of the Bible, all preachers of the Word, all ministers, are held accountable to what they teach. And I am very careful that hopefully everything I say to you is that which is truth, because I believe I'm going to be held accountable for what I say. If I am saying something that is not scriptural, I definitely want you to call me on it. I definitely want you to ask me about it. I remember my first show when I was with uh, Baron Wiley, and, and the, the comment came up about, you know, uh, did Jesus, you know, is wine a sin out of the Bible? And I was told that it was, the Bible said it was sinful to drink alcohol. However, I also noticed that at the Last Supper, Jesus drank wine. So we have a definite problem when people are saying things that are not true because they're saying things in in what they thought or interpreted because of their own personal beliefs. We have a problem with people teaching things and twisting the language, even twisting the Greek language to fit their theology rather, rather than taking their theology and trying to fit it into the 
scripture itself and maybe having to change your theology. So we have a real problem here in the idea of what we're, what we're listening to, what we're accepting, because we don't read the scriptures. We're, and I know many, many people go to church that, that listen to the teachings and they walk home thinking that's great and they don't open up their Bible at all and they don't read it. They don't study it. And this is going to be a real problem in your walk when th- something happens to you, something drastic goes on. So I want to talk about I've already mentioned about how we shouldn't be hateful and we need to be loving toward the brethren. And I told you how it's a black and white situation. So I'm going to read a few verses out of 1 John. And this is uh, 1 John chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. And this is what it says. It says this, We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. We know love by this, that he, we're talking about Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, How does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or tongue, but in deed and truth. And here is a huge problem. We want to say, I love Jesus. Oh, but I can't stand, you know, Jerry, Joe, Mary, or whoever this is, because they think differently than me, or they they promote someone different than I like. In that respect, the Bible says, how can the love of God be, be in you at all? And if all you're doing is say, I love God, and so that's all it is, is in word, but you're not living it in deed, you're not living it in the truth, then then here it's saying that you don't have love. You don't have God. In fact, if you treat your brother with hate, it says you are a murderer and you're abiding in death. You know, I don't really like the teaching of fire and brimstone. But I also don't like the teaching on the totally opposite side where we deny the fact that there are consequences. And there are consequences for your lifestyle. As, you know, you have positive consequences and you have negative consequences. And, you, you know, if you have negative consequences because of your sin, because of your lifestyle, you need to recognize that your sin and your lifestyle, you know, is the basic problem with that. Okay? So... I want you to really think about these scriptures as I'm reading them. And um, so here's my next passage, okay? And this one is from 1 John chapter 2, uh, verses 15 through 17. And it says this, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, And the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So my question to you is, are you abiding in God? Are you loving your brethren? Whether they believe the same way as you or not, whether they follow the same political arena as you or not, 
as they if they go to the same denominational church as you or not. Are you following the will of God? Are you following his teachings? And if you're not, you need to start thinking about what you're doing and how you're living. Because this here is serious. This here is a spiritual serious situation. And I really don't think that uh, these things are said for our health. I don't think these things were said in jest. I think these things were said because we are being warned and we are being taught what we need to do and what we not, need not to do. So it's important that we follow these teachings and we understand that the Bible is truth. All of the Bible is truth. If you pick out parts of the Bible you like and throw away parts of the Bible you don't like, well, then the Bible has no validity, just like any other uh, scripture we look at. You know, you find the Book of Mormon, you find the Koran, you find all these other writings that you can find all these problems with. You find all these situations where there's contradictions. Well, that's not true with the Bible. But if you want to pick it apart like this and follow what you want and throw away what you don't want, well, then you're going to find contradictions. And that's where you're going to find problems, especially when there's warnings about how you, your lifestyle is, especially when you're not loving other, the brethren and you're hating the brethren. And this is what I'm seeing on Facebook. This is what I'm seeing online. This is what I'm seeing in our churches. This is what I'm seeing on the street. This is what I'm seeing on YouTube. And this kind of behavior has no place in the kingdom of God has no place in the church, has no place for people who call themselves believers and say that they're Jesus. Because according to what John is saying, you can call yourself a believer and you're not a believer whatsoever if you're living a different way. I know this is real hard and it's real heavy at this point, but because of the atmosphere that I'm seeing in our nation, and not only in our nation, but all over the world, I'm seeing problems all over. I think it's a serious issue, and I think we need to, to take heed with that. You know, it says in the end times that, that we're going to have deception. One of, the, one of the horses, of the four horses that are, that are released, is the deception in the church, deception of believers. And we need to recognize it's happening. It's all over. We have people talking about, you know, well, every person in the world is going to go to heaven. No, there's no hell. There is no lake of fire. And yet they're in churches preaching this as they preach, you know, the gospel of Jesus. I see all the time, well, you know, if you believe in abortion or you believe in gay marriage, then you can't preach the gospel of Jesus. Well, no, they're doing the very thing. They're doing both. They're talking out of both sides of their mouth, and it's real, and it's out there, and it's dangerous in the, in the church. And the Bible says that in the last days, we're going to find these things, and it's happening today. And it's happening all over. I start, started noticing this in the 80s when they started talking about God is all love, and, and everybody will go to heaven, and there's no such thing as hell and so forth. I noticed it back then. And we need to nip this in the bud. we got to stop sitting back and closing our eyes and closing our mouth and not standing up for the truth. Because standing up for the truth is basically what Jesus wants us to do. By not standing up for the truth— those of you, it doesn't matter what country you're in, you probably have found that your nation politically has gone 
sideways, has gone the opposite way, has done things that, you know, uh, anti-biblical. I mean, look at the United States back in the 50s. They stopped talking about, they started entering in the idea of evolution. In the 60s, they started even more evolution. Then they brought in the Big Bang. Then they took out the idea that God God ever created anything that was creation. And so we've kept quiet, and now it's gotten to a point where universities are telling people that if you believe in creation, that there's a God, you're an idiot. Even our Christian universities. This is dangerous. But this is the end times. I had a long discussion, a two-hour discussion the other day with somebody who kept talking to me about the political arena and how it was important that one person become president because if the other one didn't, or the other one became president, then we would have a problem in our world. And, and he talked about the Antichrist and talked about the end times. I'm like, you're way off. It has nothing to do with who's president. It has nothing to do with who's in Congress. It has everything to do with your walk with Jesus. The end times are coming. The end times are going to happen. It's the return of Jesus, the return of the Messiah is going to happen. And if you're out there teaching that, well, don't worry about uh, any of the hard times, bad times, hurtful times, because God loves us so much, he won't let us go through any hurt, problems, or whatever, because he'll rapture us first. Well, the Bible doesn't say that. And if if that were even true, would that mean that he didn't love his own disciples that went through martyr and torture and so forth after his death? I mean, we need to be consistent here, and we need to follow Scripture and stop teaching interpretations. If you want to think there's something true about what you want to teach, let it be known it's interpretation and not necessarily absolute truth from the Scripture. And we need to really be careful of that because as we teach, uh, and when we teach that interpretation is the truth, we're going to find ourselves in a lot of problem when you find followers following that interpretation, especially when it's false. Here's another passage I want to read. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. And I want you to be very careful about listening to this passage. It says this, We know that we have come to know him, Jesus, okay, if we obey his commands. Now notice the word obey. I say this a lot now through the scriptures I'm reading. These are not my words. These are the words of the scripture, obeying him. Even Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. Obey my commands. So the word obey is, is, you know, put together with the term love. So understand that. So let me go on. The man who says, I know him, who does, uh, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in him. So if you want to say that you're a believer, but you don't want to follow the teachings and, and the commands of Jesus, well, the Bible itself says you're a liar. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in Jesus. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus walked. So, we can claim that we know God. We can claim we believe in him. We can claim we have faith. But if we're not living that faith, if we're not living in the belief of action and lifestyle, the, the Bible here, the word here says, then you're a liar and the word isn't even in you. God is not in you. And if you want to claim that you are living him, then you need to become like him. You need to live like him. 
And this is what it teaches. This is not even my own words. These are the words out of, straight out of the scripture. And the prophet, problem is we're finding that people are not teaching these truths. People are ignoring these scriptures. And they're teaching other things that are all mostly politics or their own interpretations of the end times and they're making money out of all these things and they're leading people astray because they want them to have followings. And this is not the way of the word, the way of scripture, the way of God. And if we read the scripture thoroughly, we'll understand that. It's important. And the reason why I'm, I'm bringing this up today like this is because I know there's supposed to be a great falling away in the end times. And I know that there's supposed to be a lot of deception and deceiving teaching in the the church in the end days. And I'm seeing both of these happen. And I'm concerned that you not fall away. It's not important when the rapture happens. What's important is that your life is connected in a solid, solid relationship with Jesus. And how do we know that relationship is solid? I've already been reading you the passages that we follow him, that we act upon what he's taught us, that we become like him, live like him, follow his commandments, obey him. So we want to be careful of false prophets. Now, when it talks about false prophets, we're not talking about people who says, I'm I am Jesus, or I am the Messiah. We're talking about people who are teaching false teachings, and they're leading people away. And it doesn't have to be that they're claiming to be God or claiming to be a Messiah. They could be teaching you just strictly, you know, a false prosperity teaching, or it could be teaching you uh, a false way of what God is, his his, uh, attributes, that he's not holy, that he's only love. I mean, these are false teachings, and and the people that teach these are false prophets. And we need to be careful of these things. I know there's a church, you know, there are churches out there that actually follow a different path than what they're designed to be set up, and so they're deceiving the very denomination that set them up. And that's because they want money. They want to be supported. So they lie to the very church, lies to the very denomination that supports them and set them up in the begin with. And um, we need to be careful of that because this is false. And this is, you're held accountable for this stuff. This is why people leave churches. You know, if you're a church or you're in a church and you have people teaching that, you know, the end times is all only spiritual. There's nothing physical about it. Well, if that's true, then how can we see Israel uh, as a nation, why do we see the Jews back coming back to to Israel? Why do we see Jerusalem now part of Israel? Why do we see you know more earthquakes and why we famine and pestilence? Here's another one. We're all dealing with the coronavirus. You know, a couple few years ago we were dealing with H1N1. We're all dealing with HIV. We're all dealing with these pestilences that the Bible says will happen in the end days, and this has been going on for several years now. And it's supposed to take the lives of many people. You know, it also says there'll be unrest and peace is going to be taken from the world. So when you look at Egypt and they're in riots within their own government, or you look at France or England or Iran or Hong Kong or the United States, peace is leaving the world. This is part of the end times, you know, prophecies. 
We need to be alerted to this and understand that we need to be not just alerted in our mind, but in our lifestyle, in our in our message that we give to others. It's so very important we understand these teachings and we live them. Now, I have another passage. <laughs> Surprising. First John. I love First John. <laughs> Chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Okay. I'm sorry, I read that. It's First uh, John chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. It says, This is the commandment, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ. Now, the word believe there is pistuo, and the word believe there is an active verb. Okay? Not passive. So it's a word that we believe in the name. We're acting upon, we're living and following those teachers, teachings in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ. Okay? And... Love one another. Now, the word love in the past, in the group, in all of John's writings is, is uh, agape, which is something that we give out of our will to others without expectation of return. It's that we give, you know, of ourselves. Okay? Are we giving of ourselves? So it's to love one another as he has commanded us. The one who keeps his commandments abides in him. And he in him, so Jesus in him. We know this by, we know by this that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Are you loving your brothers and sisters in Christ? If they happen to, you know, believe in socialism or if they believe in, you know, uh, capitalism, if they're, uh, believe more in democracy or, uh, than the other? I mean, are we treating them with hate or a lack of love because they believe something differently politically than we do? If you believe that, you know, uh, once you're saved, you're always saved, or that, you know, you can lose your salvation, are we stop, do we stop loving them? Are we not loving them because they believe in a different denomination than we do? If we're doing that, we need to come back to the Scripture and read, if you're doing this, then the love of God is not in you. Again, not my words. This is the scripture. We need to be really, really careful of the deception going on in our church. Not in the world as much as our church. And, I, and I'm really stressing that. And I'm not talking about the church that you go to locally. I'm talking about the church at large, not only in your nation, but the church around the world. All believers everywhere. In John 8, 31 through 47... Uh, this is a long passage. And I put this down because Jesus is having a an argument, okay? And he's talking to the Jews, and he says this. <clears throat> he's talking to the Jews who believed him. And, he, and here he says, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Now, abiding means to continue and remain in his word. You can look it up in the Greek. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Okay, we need to stop reading the very end of that last passage there and read the entire thing. If you abide in my word, and you are, you are my disciples indeed. Okay, then he goes on to verse 33, and he answered him, they answered him, rather, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anybody. How can you say uh, you will be made free? 
Okay, and Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if, a, if the son makes you free, you are freed indeed. And he follow, goes on, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak that I have seen my father and you do what you have seen with your father. And they answered him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. I'm hoping you're catching these words. They're very, very important. Verse 40, but now you seek to kill me. Okay, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. 41, you do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, they said to Jesus, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. And Jesus says back to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and, be, and came from God, nor have I come from myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. So here are a bunch of group of people saying that they are believers. And Jesus is saying, no, you're not because of your actions. Your actions show that God is not your father, but that Satan is your father. And I'm saying to you, you need to relook at your life. You need to look at what you're, what you're doing, what you believe in your actions. Not your words, but your actions. Are your actions showing that Jesus is your Lord, that Jesus is your God? Or do your actions show sin and therefore the devil would be your father. You see, God is holy. What that means is that he is perfect in love. He is perfect in forgiveness. He is perfect in righteousness. He is perfect in justness. He is perfect in anger. And he is perfect in truth. So when we look at the Bible, we need to understand that this whole premise of holiness needs to come to the very top, needs to come not only the fact that God is holy, but he's calling us to holiness, to a holy lifestyle, to becoming like him, to living in the truth, to following the teachings of the word of God, the whole entire word of God. If you're out there and you believe part of the Word of God and not all of it, then you need to relook and, and, and study this. If you decided that you don't want to know the whole Word of God and you just want to follow your own interpretations, 
well, then the truth isn't even in you, and you're not. You're like Jesus talking to these Jews. You don't want to hear the truth. And I really believe that there are a lot of people out there that don't want to hear the truth. You know, I get really bothered about people who happen to be in the church or be in leadership or, or teach and decide that, you know, it's not important that we live a holy life or a righteous life. It's just important that we love each other. Well, we're, we're condemning the Bible to inaccuracies if we do this. Our battle is spiritual. It's not political. And we need to get off the horse of thinking that it's all political. It doesn't matter who our president is. It doesn't matter who our congressmen are. You know, we have lots of people who are in, you know, Congress or leaders that, that we look up to or we're following who say, well, I belong to this church but I believe in killing babies or, or abortion. I believe in, you know, doing these things that uh, basically uh, the Bible would say is wrong. Okay. And we need to be careful because that alone is false teaching to say that it's okay to hurt the innocent. The Bible has a lot to say. God has a lot to say in the Bible about how he hates the killing of the innocent the harming of the innocents. And we need to be there protecting the innocent. You know, when Jeremiah and Isaiah spoke to Israel about their killing babies, about their worshiping other gods, about their turning their back on God, when they warned them over and over again and told them, if you don't stop, your nation will be taken from you. And what do we know? Some years later, Babylonians come in and they stripped Israel of their people, took them away into bondage for 70 years. This is historic. Not only biblical, it's historic. And we're following the same path here. You know, there's a, there's a movie documentary out and it's called The Coming Convergence. And you can find it on YouTube or maybe even on Prime or somewhere. And you ought to watch this. And it talks about what's going on and what happens in the end days. We need to look at other things that show us the truth. I really believe it's important that we understand the scripture in its totality. Understand that it is the word of God. Understand that God speaks to us through his word, but he also speaks to us through his very attributes and, and uh, who he is. And I think that if we see this, we'll understand, you know, that our, our battle here is not political. Our battle here is not with the world, you know, as we see out there. Our battle is, you know, spiritual. Are we going to follow Jesus? Are we going to deny and denounce that of the world? I mean, I read the scripture earlier. I mean, the problems we have is the pride of life, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh. If you're so self-centered that you need to do, believe, and follow the way that you want to, regardless of what anything or anybody else says, and you want to twist the scripture to fit your lifestyle or fit, twist the scripture to fit what you want to believe, then you're going to find yourself in a place in the end that you're not going to want to be. Trust me, I, I, the scripture says so. 
And, and it's important that we understand that. Just because you can't fathom or gather or understand why God does certain things doesn't mean that we need to change God and have it become into a life that we believe is going to be the way. It's just not that way. God doesn't change his way of life because of that. The Bible says and God says he doesn't lie and he doesn't change. I said this last week. You know, so I think it's really very important. So what is this all about? I believe God is giving us warnings. He's asking for repentance. Not of the world, but of the people in his church, of believers. You know, we're so worried about the world today with the coronavirus. We're so worried about people losing their jobs and losing money. And, and we're so worried about our political um, scene, no matter, no matter what country you're in. It doesn't matter if you're in Colombia, you're from Moldova, United States. You know, the political problems are everywhere in the world. And it's causing upheavals and uproars. I mean, people, it says national will be up against nation. And we're not talking country against country. A nation is a people. And we're finding within our own country, people who are nation against nations. It doesn't matter if you're you know, Republican against Democrat, nation against nation, white against black, nation against nation, you know, believers and non-believers, nation against nation. We're talking about, you know, people, you know, Methodists and Baptists, nation against nation. We're finding this within our borders. We need to rectify that. I understand it's going to get worse. I understand it's going to continue. I mean, the Bible says it's going to. We have a, a responsibility in our relationship to honor Jesus. We have a responsibility to follow Jesus, to follow his teachings, to follow his commandments, be obedient to him. I fear that many of you who do not and will not get into their Bible, study their Bible, walk in this relationship, will fall away. The Bible says, Toward the end days, many will fall away from him. So I'm pleading to the you who do watch this program that you strengthen your relationship, you build Jesus, bring him in as your foundation, as your focal point, and focus on him in your life so that you seek to become like him. In Ephesians 5.1, it says this, Therefore, be imitators of God, as dear children. And we say imitators of God. I've seen um, I've seen it say, be imitators of Christ. Uh, how do we know who God is or what it is? Jesus is God. God came. He became a man. He is our perfect example. Be imitators of him. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and giving himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. We need to become like him. We need to seek him. That's so important. We need to imitate our, you know, our Lord. You can't be out there saying, Jesus is my Savior, but not my Lord. It's just not biblically correct. He needs to be your Lord. What is a Lord? He is a master. What does that make us? We're his servant. And in that teaching, scripturally, we need to adhere to it. We can't be saying, I accept Jesus as my Savior, but not my Lord. That just doesn't happen. He cannot be your Savior if, you're not his, if he's not your Lord. 
You need to be obedient to him. You need to seek him and follow his teachings. Just a verbal confession, and that's all you have, does not constitute a relationship with Jesus. And that's so very important. So what do we have? We have warnings. We have repentance. In Revelations chapter 2, verses 4 to 5, it says this, But I have this against you, this is Jesus speaking, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, or if you don't, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. You know, and I, I'm saying this of people I know as I live in, in the United States and I see people in the United States are so arrogant that they think that because we're such a strong, powerful nation that, oh, nothing will happen to us. Well, you know, things have happened to all kinds of nations throughout the history of the world because of their lifestyle, because of the way they have uh, done things. And Israel at one point was a strong, powerful nation, and God let it happen that he took his, you know, protection from Israel. And I believe that's happening now. We have a following. I'm sorry, we have a, a situations in 9-11. We have, you know, and we have another situation in 2008 where things are falling you know, and you're showing that God's protection is leaving the United States. I mean, you can't be thinking that it's out of the United States. We have all power and all organization and the Antichrist is all coming from our country. That's pretty arrogant because it doesn't even talk about our country in the end time. So um, you need to really think about what you're saying and not be so arrogant and get back into the word. And finally, in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, and I've read this verse several times on my shows, and I've been talking about this over and over again, because God is talking to believers here, and you really need to listen to this. And God says this, If my people, now he's not talking about every single person on the planet. He's not talking about every single person in the United States. He's not talking about every single person in Moldova or England, or Russia. He's talking about my people. Believers are his people. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. They'll humble themselves, pray, and seek his face. And turn from their wicked ways. Here's where we have the problem. Oh, I, I, I'm a believer I'm a Christian. I have no wicked ways. Hello? Again, we're denying the fact that we're sinners. We're, we're being arrogant. I mean, there's a problem right there. Then, he goes on, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I see prayers all the time on Facebook. God heal our country. God take care of this and that. I saw I saw a post one time that said, only God and Trump can save our country. Well, that is pretty stupid and it's pretty arrogant. It's not even biblical. Trump is not the savior of the world or the, or the country. Only God is. Jesus is the savior. And we need to seek him, not a political figure. We need to seek our relationship to be solid in him, 
not a political figure. Only Jesus is perfect. Only Jesus is God. And that is where our our lives need to reflect in our, our relationship. Well, I told you this was going to be a very serious and a very uh, different kind of a lesson. Uh, hopefully, I won't have to do this one again. It was, it was hard on my heart. I really um, would like to see believers, loving believers. I would really like to see believers apologizing to believers that they've offended. I really would like to see the church grow and honor each other and honor Jesus. This is so important. We are, we are the church that Jesus started. We have an obligation to him. We have a heritage that he has given us to promote him, to live in with each other, to lift up each other, to unite so that we can have, so the kingdom of God will be strong here on earth. And I really believe that Jesus is watching us. Jesus cares about what we're doing. And he really wants us to have this relationship with him that's personal, that's permanent, that's ongoing, that abides in him regardless. Don't be one of those that turns away, falls away. Don't be one of those who are teaching false teachings. Don't be a false prophet. You know, we have so much of this, and, and we need to be careful. We really need to be careful. It's so easy. I'm watching people so much today follow false teachings in the church. So I, I pray that everyone here will read these scriptures. Read the scripture and really look at it in where you belong and where it belongs in your life and in your heart. I love you so much. You guys have a wonderful day. And thank you for joining The Believer's Journey. Aloha. Alan Cutting and The Believer's Journey radio program seeks to teach the Word of God in a clear and practical manner. For more information, please visit the podcast page at am630theword.com.